a young perspective on hot-button issues around the world. This is The Hub. Hello and welcome to the program. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. On August the 24th, China and the Republic of Korea celebrated 30 years of their diplomatic relations. The links between the two nations actually go way back in history, even before the two republics were born. And they have endured similar trials. Where is this relationship headed now, especially under a new leadership in the ROK and amidst geopolitical tensions in the Asia-Pacific and elsewhere? To discuss all this, I'm joined today from Seoul, South Korea by Emmanuel E. Pastrich, president of the Asia Institute, that is a think tank based in Seoul. We also have Han Sam Kim, chair of Sun Trans Globe Asia. She's also based in Seoul, South Korea. We have in Beijing here with us, Mr. Rong Ying, vice president at China Institute of International Studies. Uh, welcome to all of you to the hub on CGTN. Let me start with you, Mr. Rong Ying. This relationship, China and the ROK, um, I believe it or not, is only 30 years young, uh, due in a large part to the Cold War and the, you know, the division of the Korean Peninsula, uh, where China was a strong partner of the DPRK and the ROK was a staunch ally of the United States. Uh, Beijing only recognized the ROC in 1992. Where do you think this relationship is right now? Right. I think, as you rightly said, that even before the full establishment of diplomatic relations, uh, the two nations uh, the two republics has been enjoyed the long-term uh, relations, close ties. So some of the, I think, scholars or analysts will say that when 30 years ago, China and ROK decided to establish full diplomatic relations, it's not established, right? Reconnect the relationship because the relationship between China and ROK or between the two nations has going on long for 2000 years. And of course, 30 years ago, the decision was made. That was a political decision. Uh, and, uh, you know, the cultural and people-to-people -people ties, like you said, go way back in history. Yes, right. And ever since then, we have seen economically, so certainly I think in the cultural fact uh, area, and also I think political field uh, that I've been seeing, trust and uh, understanding has been steadily improved. Uh, having said that, I think the past 30 years, in particular the, the last few years, have seen some problems, challenges. It is because, largely because of the changes taking place, I think, in the two countries and also on the peninsula and beyond. So as the, the two countries, the two nations are celebrating their relationship, 30 years and as we become, the relationship becomes more mature, I think in the meantime, they are also facing a big issues, problems, and how to further uh, nurture and uh, promote the close relations. More importantly, and I think the, the common issue facing the two nations is how they should carry forward the original aspiration when the two countries decided to establish the relationship. Yeah, original aspiration under these uh, trying circumstances. Uh, we'll see where... Uh, they will be. Uh, Ms. Kim, let me turn to you. Uh, Mr. Kim in South Korea, in Seoul, um, where do you think this relationship is right now, uh, given the uh, multifaceted nature of China ROK interactions? Uh, I have been building a relationship with China for a very long time. And uh, there was a very good terms uh, between Korea and China. 
and especially in terms of uh, economic collaboration now korea uh, china stands as the number one trading partner for korea so one fourth of uh, trading is made between korea and china but since uh, 2016 when korea government has decided to de install the start uh, deployment the relationship uh, because of the political reason reason relationship has uh, become a, a little bit uh, sensitive and uh, also recently the uh, korea has decided to, to participate at the chip four uh, alliance uh, and so this is also affecting the relationship between korea and china but uh, there is a big uh, uh, demand and hope from the korea side and the china side i believe in terms of business uh, collaboration and relationship so i think that uh, the political uh, the policy from the government should not uh, strongly affect the relationship economic relationship between the two countries because we have a big room for collaboration uh, from both sides. Yeah, Ms. Kin, how do you look at the fact that uh, President uh, Yoon of South Korea did not even meet Nancy Pelosi last month when the Speaker of the House of the U.S. was visiting? I think he picked up the phone and had a quick call with her, and that was all. Um, why was that? I don't think Nancy Pelosi uh, visited Korea officially, first of all. And uh, uh, one other reason is, uh, at the time, uh, President Yoon was uh, in, a, in a holiday <laughs> period. But he's still in and South also, Korea. He's still near Seoul, yeah. right? Somewhere near Seoul. Yeah, so, somewhere near Seoul. So, but uh, there's also some sensitive environment between uh, Korea and, uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, Biden. President Biden visited Korea very recently, just after the inauguration of uh, President Yoon. And uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi was uh, invited to Korea by the National Ambas uh, Assembly uh, uh, head. So it was not a very official visit to Korea. And uh, so this is one of the reasons why right. uh, President Yoon did not meet her face to face. But uh, I don't think there's there any other reason. Fair apart enough. From that. Fair enough. Uh, Emmanuel, what do you think? Um, I mean, there had been a whole lot of interactions uh, at the highest level between the two countries. Uh, the two presidents congratulated each other on the 30th anniversary. The South Korean uh, foreign minister visited Qingdao, a port city in eastern China, and met with Wang Yi. Uh, how do you read these uh, diplomatic uh, moves and gestures? I think there is a sophisticated effort on the part of the Republic of Korea under the new administration, President Yoon, uh, to establish closer ties with China, that they are uh, logical, rational, uh, and that they show, uh, I think, a considerable geopolitical sophistication, that uh, President Yoon felt a need to affirm a close relationship with the United States, but then Foreign Minister uh, Park Jin, as you mentioned, visited uh, Qingdao uh, to affirm the reality that uh, China has, is the greatest trading partner. It has a long cultural uh, and uh, political ties with Korea, uh, and that Korea's future is linked uh, to China. 
that that position, I think, makes sense to most people. Uh, and finally, uh, there is great concern uh, in Korea and around the world uh, that the United States approach, especially you mentioned the visit of uh, a Speaker of the House Pelosi to Taiwan, uh, that it was overly militaristic, right? Her visiting with a military escort, with a, a Navy escort, it was uh, a little bit over the top uh, for many politicians, not only in Korea, but around the world. So we really need to step back and commit as an American uh, to uh, uh, a goal of peace in the region and a constructive, positive role for the United States on the Korean Peninsula and in the region. Vice President Rong Ying, I want to ask you about this. Emmanuel talked about the fact that he thinks there is greater geopolitical sophistication demonstrated by the new president of the ROK. Uh, and then, um, you know, things are looking up. Do you agree? Well, I, certainly I think uh, as a scholar, we are very much impressed by that sophistication. Uh, not only I think in diplomat dealing with geopolitical issues, but more importantly, I think demonstrate the new administration the administration Young's skills and acumen uh, diplomatically. I think uh, this is largely uh, because it's, uh, RK is able to make its own decisions independently based on its own interest. I think this, this kind of role is understood and appreciated. More importantly, on the question of Taiwan is an issue touched upon the political foundations of our relationship. And I think the uh, China has a deep understanding and a sympathy uh, with uh, Korea, uh, which I think also facing the, the, the same problem of national reunification. So any moves along this line in expressing understanding and pressing about the sensitivities to China will be greatly understood and uh, appreciated. Ms. Kim, public perception matters. We saw that the cross-Western uh, Europe and the United States, public perception towards China are getting increasingly negative. And South Korea is a staunch ally of the United States, of course, and the as observer country most recently attending the NATO uh, summit in Madrid, Spain. What is the public sentiment in South Korea towards China these days? Yes, uh, it's a very good question. And I'm a little bit concerned as a Chinese specialist uh, doing business in Korea among the young people who, have, who are building some uh, negative sentiment uh, against uh, China. Many reasons behind that, but uh, uh, I think it's very important that uh, between the both countries, we need to do a more of a, like a PR and cultural exchange so that uh, we can, uh, both countries can uh, listen to uh, the uh, the ordinary people's opinion and also watch some cultural like uh, drama or something like that so that uh, both countries can understand more about uh, each other. And uh, because of the COVID situation and pandemic uh, era that we are experiencing, you know, more and more uh, people have limited access to visiting uh, China. And, and also vice versa. So, you know, the more and more, uh, there's a less flight going to China and the less business activities. 
And also the trading uh, areas are very limited to like semiconductor area or some, you know, restricted area. So it's very important to have more activities and more exchange, not only between ordinary people, but between all the business people. So it's, I think we need to give some alert, alert to the politicians so that uh, they can ease any uh, necessary regulations so that you know, more people can visit and meet together. Well, I can tell you uh, K-pop and uh, Squid Games are hugely popular uh, here in China, uh, of course, among many other Asia parts of the Asia-Pacific region. Emmanuel, let me ask you about the geopolitics here. South Korea and the United States are engaging in uh, one of the largest military exercises in the region these days. It's called the uh, Wuchi Freedom Shield Exercises. What do you make of the timing? Right. Well, uh, uh, the timing, uh, I think, must be related uh, to the recent uh, visit to uh, Taiwan by Nancy Pelosi. Uh, my guess is there was probably a proposal for South Korea to participate in military exercises with the United States and Japan, uh, which South Korea probably uh, uh, refused uh, for good reason uh, and uh, has refused to come out with a condemnation of China across the board. And, and I think uh, the response of Korea overall uh, was uh, smarter and more inspiring and, and more logical than that of Japan this time. And so I was, I was impressed, actually. Some people said that President Yoon uh, was cowardly for not meeting with uh, Nancy Pelosi when she visited Korea. But I think people who are diplomatic experts uh, would say the opposite, that it showed a certain degree of bravery uh, for Korea to say uh, that uh, the relationship with the United States and the military relationship is critical, uh, but that there are clear limits and that uh, Korea is aware of its own national interests and the importance of Asia. Uh, and finally, I think that the Koreans are, are making efforts, and I've seen this uh, in Washington, D.C. and here in Seoul. Uh, Koreans are making efforts uh, to convince Americans that America's long-term interests are in Asia and with a a positive, constructive relationship with China. Obviously, uh, there's no future for the United States if it pursues uh, policies of war and aggression against China and Russia, especially at the same time. So the time has come for the United States uh, to be logical, rational, uh, and constructive. Vice President Rongying, let me ask you, first of all, we've heard from Ms. Kim about uh, you know, the negative perception in South Korea towards China these days. And also externally, uh, we have this pressure from Washington and the Biden administration to really hedge against China by forming alliances in the Asia-Pacific region, the Quad, the AUKUS, the IPF. Um, how much room do you think the South Korean government have when it comes to a strategic autonomy towards China? Well, it certainly all depends on uh, South Korea and uh, that to how much extent they would uh, be able to uh, sort of manage uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the balance in a way that serves the best interest of itself. As I always want to say that the United States is a strategic ally and China is also a strategic partner. So 
the uh, the the point of balance, if I can say, is that South Korea ha would have to keep in mind its own national interests, and more importantly, I think uh, South Korea would have to be more confident in a way that South Korea is uh, not a, a small country. After all, economically, I think it ranks as the 11th in GDP terms. And, and more importantly, I think it has been played a very important role in the global uh, supply chain, particularly in uh, semiconductor uh, factors and manufacturing. Having said that, I, I, I cannot stand the debate going on and understand that the, uh, some of the concerns are uh, right and wrong in vis-a-vis -vis uh, I mean, with China, as China, uh, I mean, a big neighbor for, you, for, for South Korea. And as, uh, paradoxically, I think China and South Korea, the, the average people becoming closer, know each other, all of a sudden, that, that the distance, that the beauty because of distance disappeared. So it would take more take more exchanges, it will take more understandings and more efforts in people-to-people -people interaction to get to know each other. And that is unfortunate that because of the COVID-19, the disruptions caused by, I, I think, uh, the, the, the uh, cost, so that the, 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 this effort has been uh, sort of uh, disrupted. But I think in the long run, we can do a lot and certainly media have a big role to play and people-to-people -people understandings, uh, exchange of students and conversations like that would also help the two peoples to have a better understanding. All in all, I think China and uh, South Korea we, uh, and Korea as a whole has been neighbor, close neighbors for mm -hmm. so many years, thousands of years, right? And uh, we are not being able to separate we have to live as it is in the past, and we're going to be neighbors in the, in, in the future. So that is, I think, the reality. That is, I think, the way we need to work together to ensure uh, the distance disappeared, but understanding will, will grow. You know, there are certainly warm feelings uh, between the Chinese and the South Koreans. Uh, Ms. Kim uh, in South Korea, you know, um, for example, talking about culture and sport, uh, Song Heung-ming, as you probably know, uh, the soccer player for Tottenham Hotspur, playing in London, England, uh, one of his largest fan bases is actually here, right here in China, myself included. Um, do you think mm. South Korea is somehow able to compartmentalize its foreign policy? You know, being friends with the United States on one hand, and also being friends with China on the other. Uh, we are celebrating 30-year anniversary between China and Korea at the moment, but you have to understand that uh, President Yu only started his term three months ago. So it's, uh, you know, he started, uh, it's a new role for him to be a president, and he needs to bring some uh, Chinese expert and, uh, you know, international expert who can help his administration especially uh, in building uh, a friendship, uh, uh, renewing the friendship between Korea and China. And my suggestion is uh, that uh, because we are experiencing pandemic and we have to prepare for the next pandemic and this medical and bio sector is a very growing, big growing sector. So 
my suggestion is uh, um, apart from the existing trading relationship between China and uh, Korea, uh, I would like to suggest that we should build more business in, in other sectors like biomedical sector. Uh, and there's a big demand from Korea side, especially uh, some you know listed companies here who wants to uh, have a deeper relationship and uh, hoping for market expansion in China. So uh, in order to expand those areas, it's very important to also form some kind of a joint fund between Korea and China so that uh, both parties can uh, uh, invest uh, in each countries and also build like joint venture businesses together to expand market. So uh, those are the areas that we can expand uh, uh, business together. And also, as I mentioned before, the cultural exchange and the visit between students and ordinary people, we need to expand more of these uh, areas uh, in terms of earmarking the 30-year anniversary between the two countries. Exactly. And the politicians should yeah, work exactly. very hard on those Cultural points. exchanges are so important. You know, having students studying in each other's countries, studying each other's languages and culture. Emmanuel, let's talk about trade. Uh, Ms. Kim touched upon this very important issue. I have some figures to share with you. 9%, that is the year-on-year -year growth rate for the first seven months of 2022 in terms of bilateral trade. And eight, that is the number of tariff cuts the two countries have had since their free trade agreement in 2015. Um, what are the areas that you think have the greatest uh, potential for future growth? Uh, between South Korea and China, uh, there are a, a broad range. I mean, China really is expanding in, in every aspect of, uh, of science and technology and economics globally. So there really are no limits. I, I think the, the ultimate issue in terms of trade and economic exchange, investment, uh, will be uh, equivalency uh, with the United States. And that, that will be difficult, that uh, uh, Chinese will expect uh, to be treated uh, in Korea and the Korean market and by the Korean government uh, on equivalent to the way the United States is treated, that, that the United States uh, does not have some special uh, favored status. Uh, and I think that's an appropriate expectation that we should have a level playing field for everybody. Uh, also, I think uh, it's really important to get back to citizens, uh, that we need more interaction between citizens, more small businesses have opportunities for economic uh, exchange and trade between uh, China and South Korea. Uh, and that, that sort of grassroots exchanges, economic, cultural, uh, sports, and others, really will be the foundations for a healthy, long-term, cooperative environment between uh, China and South Korea. And I hope will certainly include, in a positive sense, the United States, Japan, and other players uh, in the region. Yeah, that is the hope of many. Uh, Vice President Rongying, let's talk about foreign direct investment. Uh, South Korea's foreign direct investment to China surged 
over 44% from January to July. That is the fastest growth rate any country has ever had uh, this year so far with China. Um, what do you attribute that to? Well, certainly uh, it is largely because of the uh, potentiality and attractiveness of Chinese market as now is also undergoing a dramatic transition. This now becomes, I think, the one of the largest the uh, consum- uh, consumers market given great potential. And it is, I, I believe it is partly because of some of the Western countries for political, geopolitical reasons, they are just want to decouple uh, and leaving uh, unfounded concerns from uh, the Chinese market, that which leaves, gives the opportunity for uh, Korean investors. Having said that, I would say that if you look at the, the, the trade and investment in the past 30 years, we have registered over six, I think 70 times growth from a sort of 6 billion to now it's 360 billion US dollars. Total, it, this is, that number is the total number of the trade of ROK with the United States, with Japan, and with EU. So this is incredible. And of, co- of course, I think uh, as we are expecting that, that yeah, the volume will be growing in the future, I, I think efforts should be made to 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 improve the uh, the structure and the more imp- and so the, and also I think the two sides should work together to facilitate uh, the, uh, the the trade uh, bilateral trade and the investment in a way that it becomes more mutually beneficial. That's why it's important that the two governments decided to negotiate to launch a negotiation for the the FTA, the phase the second sort of upgrade the version of FTA. And also there are other areas where China and I can work together to ex- work, for example, to ex- jointly explore the third market and other regional and global issues in terms of development. China has many initiatives, okay, also too, and so can, we can work together to help to, uh, to play a role in helping the world as a whole to achieve global uh, sort of uh, development, sustainable. That would also give, I think, a global significance to our bilateral relationship, global significance uh, to our practical cooperations. Thank you both so very much. That will do it for this okay. edition of The Hub. I'm Wang Guan in Beijing. Bye and take care. We all enter this world with a universal greeting. <laughs> We then learn to speak. Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the world. General Railway Company Deutsche Bahn. Hear the difference. Join our global network to connect with the world. 